My name is Chris Bett and welcome to Just Fucking Win on Saturday at 3. On this episode, myself and the guys will be looking at this Saturday's lunchtime kickoff against St Johnson at McDermott Park. And joining me to go through this is, first of all, Kenny. Kenny, how are you doing? I'm great, Chris. How are you? Hope you're well, mate. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. As, as much as I can be, do you have a good international break? <laughs> yeah, so did. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> for, for, for the first time in a long time, it was... Over far too quickly and it felt far too short for me. I could, I could go another two weeks without Rangers, to be honest. Oh, no. Been that international stuff, I really don't like it. Oh, no, I, don't, no. I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind watching Scotland in that sense, but I have no interest in it, if you know what I mean. Nah, I don't have any interest in it. It was just good to get away from Rangers for a wee while. Yeah. Uh, and joining Kenny and I as producer Andrew. Andrew, how you doing? Not too bad, boys. Uh, you know, surviving, coping. Um, unlike you guys, I'm I'm actually looking forward to the football coming back. Can't I'm, I've got zero interest in international football. So, uh, so yeah, this is um, it, despite our, our feelings on the current team, I'm I'm still happy that it's back. You you're only um, you've only got no desire for international football because Australia are shit. Well, Team USA weren't exactly pulling up trees over the weekend either, you know. So <laughs> all angles, Andrew. But you stay in London. Absolutely. London. I'm going to have a pretty decent international break, so I um look it's it's uh you know Thursday night, uh the games in Saturday, uh Saturday morning, early afternoon, whatever way you want to look at it. Well, it is in Saturday afternoon, but you know what I mean. I mean, it's it's maybe morning for you, Chris. Like depending on your sleep <laughs> schedule, but yeah, certainly I. Um, I'm, I'm I was more thinking about those who had to travel to Perth after go in the morning, so I'm just justifying my stupidity though. So as I said, it's Thursday night, um, games in Saturday afternoon, and there's still no Rangers press conference. Um, so pretty scarce for uh, talking points for the weekend in terms of team news, injury updates, etc., uh, etc. Et um, but Andrew, I know offline you were saying that it's kind of the norm now for Rangers to wait last minute for the 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 post match the, the pre match uh, press conferences um, and although I do agree with you this I, I get the feeling that this one they were never going to be in a particular hurry anyway no I mean we had, we had a lot of good chat from from the boards and you know that that kind of thing in terms of more transparency and openness but I can speaking for myself I can entirely understand the urge to just go and hide in a quiet corner while this international break was going on to pray that some of the heat went away. Um, I don't think it's out of the ordinary that we've not had the press conference yet because we almost always on the pod have to make this excuse that we've recorded when we have and we haven't got any press conference information. But it has been very quiet in terms of news coming out of the club. I think we've really had is the announcement of the Europa League squad um, and shooting down various rumours that were approaching managers as well because uh, as it stands, we still have a manager. Just on that note, uh, Kenny, there was a very interesting article released um, or, or written or both by Chris Jack, um, and it was essentially um, a justification a justification piece uh, on the spending this summer um, that the board had obviously backed Michael Beale, and it was a quite in depth um, bit of writing. In terms of how much was spent uh, on the strikers, um, Jack Butland's significant signing on fee, etc. And uh, Chris Jack is, you know, uh, one of those guys who's close to the club independently. He's obviously not fan media. He's 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 a journalist, but he's a Rangers fan. He's never hidden that. 
So when I first seen it, I thought, right, the uh, the Bill propaganda has begun, and that that was just from the the headline and the kind of negativity swirling around my head. Um, but obviously, as always with me, when I actually read the past the headline, the the meat and the bone, if you will, um, didn't quite reflect what the headline was trying to tell us, and my opinion changed quite dramatically to the board or squaring off and um, telling everyone that they've done everything they possibly could for this guy. Uh, and that, to me, uh, was not a good sign for Michael Beale. So he's still in the job, but the board, um, they're circling their prey. Uh, that's the only way I can really put it. It's a bizarre article to have, especially when there's an under-fire manager, an under-pressure manager. The the board are obviously, are they getting their excuses ready? I don't know if that's the right phrase, but they're certainly, to me, coming out saying, look, there was nothing much more we could do. Um, whether we agree with that or not, they've, they've come out with that defence. Chris Jack, obviously, being close to the club, you know it's came from a board member, if not the board. So what was your thoughts on, on that article? I thought... Uh- there's a lot to unpack from it. That's what I would say. First of all, uh, I totally agree with what you're saying about it's almost like circling the wagons there. Um, it's been put out to pretty much set the record straight on what Michael Beale's been saying, or that's what it looks like, um, that the board have actually said, well, no, that's not actually the case. We've spent more than Michael Beale's suggesting we have. Um, but then when you actually read through the article, they haven't spent an awful lot of money anyway. Um, This is, you know, one of those things about the mixed messages that are coming out from Rangers and have been for quite a while, where um, I've I've racked my brain and tried to think about this, whether James Biscroft had actually said himself that it would be one of the biggest budgets uh, that a Rangers manager seen, but I don't think he did. I think he was quite... It was 100%. Listen, I don't have people can say I've got an agenda here, but I really don't. How can you have an agenda when you're pointing out the truth and you're pointing out facts? It was a hundred percent Michael Beale that said it. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I, but Biscroft had come out with a couple of interviews at that kind of time as well to, think, towards the end of last season. I think, and, I think Kenny is James Biscroft came out and done an interview. I think he was sitting in the Sky Lounge and. Uh, he said that Michael Beale has presented his plans to the board and the board have signed off on it. So I yeah. think that's maybe what you're thinking about. Could be that. But the point I'm making, regardless, is that I can't remember Biscroft say, saying that, actually. Uh, so it's came from Michael Beale. Uh, but that's quite a telling point as well, because if your spending is net $2 million, $3 million, whatever it is, which, which is pretty much what it looks like... Um, that's not really backing your manager when there's this kind of rebuild to be done, Chris. Um, now, don't get me wrong. If the money's not there, uh, then you just have to accept that, I suppose, to a certain degree. But and I don't want to be sitting here trying to be some kind of spokesman about this because uh, it's not my bag. I'm not interested in that. But what I will say is at some point, this board's going to have to understand this. Ranger supporters are forking out between uh, the season ticket sales, the hospitality sales, the merchandise sales, my jails, uh, European tickets, uh, and and you know everything else. Can, you know and add it all up. It's it's in excess of forty million pounds, Chris. Now 
that's a huge amount of money to see only two million pounds get invested uh, net in your team. Um, and my issue, my main gripe with that is that the supporters themselves are pulling, uh, they're piling in about two million pounds a year on my jails alone, I believe, and that we have been told will be invested straight into the team, uh, the first team. Um, and again, well, is that it? Is that all they're getting for all this uh, input that the supporters are putting in? Now, as I say, people will disagree with me when I'm saying this, but I expected much, much more. Um, and I think Michael Beale has, has dug a huge hole for himself by being so contradictory over the over a, a number of weeks now. Um, so, in short, I'll, I'll go short now and say I. I I just don't know what's going up, going on up there, Chris. I, I, you've got a board telling you one thing, a manager telling you another, and supporters just looking about in, in kind of disbelief. Uh, it's an embarrassing, uh, it's an embarrassment to everybody involved, and that board really does need to take a look at itself sometimes. Yet the simple situation after last Sunday and the reaction to it was to back him or sack him. Not sit in the fence and do this. That's that's very wrong, Chris. What I'll see, Kenny, is uh, my my views on it, and I've seen, by the way, I've seen a, a lot, a lot of Rangers fans on the same wavelength as yourself, Kenny. What you've just said there, but just like every situation when it comes to Rangers, we're we're, we're quite fickle as a fan base. Um, we pick and choose our arguments. I'm the same, by the way. I'm 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 not excluding myself for us, but if you kind of look at it objectively. We as a fan base, and and I hate I kind of do this often, and I don't like doing it, but it's literally has to be the way you you have to look across the city, and you have to look at what they're doing. And the one thing that Postecoglou now we we're, we're known in the business as Rangers fans to give Celtic manager any credit. Um, of course we're not, regardless of how good a coach uh, Ange Postecoglou is. But the one thing that we as a fan base held against Postecoglou was I it should be uh, building a, an exciting attacking football team when you're spending £25 million, when in actual fact Postecoglou made Celtic money. More money came into Celtic than went out of Celtic during his time. Uh, obviously Christopher Ayer, Odson Edward, Ryan Christie, um, that funded the whole Postecoglou build. Uh, so... We as a fan base were saying, ah, but he had £25 million to spend, so he can't be that good a manager. Anybody can spend £25 million and be, and be a brilliant manager, but Celtic turned a profit. Yet, with Michael Beale, uh, he spends £13 million, we bring in 11 we make £2 million, and we're saying that he wasn't backed. Uh, so, the, the way I see it is, I agree with you in the sense of, yeah, I probably did expect a wee bit more money to be spent, but if a Rangers manager's getting £11 million, pounds, and that's what he spent it on. Chris? Celtic, since Ange Postecoglou have come in, according to transfer market, have spent almost £80 million. That's the difference. You can build a football team for £80 million. You can't do a total... Uh, that seems a, a bit mental, £80 million. It was £27 million one year, £28 the next, and then about another 20 this year, whatever that works out. £78 million or something that is, Chris. It's on transfer market. That's not gospel. You know that, but it is there. But you're absolutely bang on. That You know, if you include the Jota money as well, as the money that you, you've you uh, mentioned, yeah. then 
their transfer policy is far, far better than ours. No, that's, um, no, that's no dispute, of course it's not. Uh, and that's not, to, by the way, I'm not giving Michael Beale any kind of free pass with the signings that he's made here either. Um, you, you could invest that 13 million, 14 million, whatever it is that he's actually spent, uh, far better by the looks of it at this minute in time. You might want to make sure when you're, you're signing players that you're going to play them for a start. Um, so I, I don't want to get into the, uh, the, the, the them across the city th- thing, but they have they have spent a lot more money than we have, Chris. And this is my point: they're the ones that are winning league titles. They're the that, ones. That are, but that's that's my point. Can I get their transfer model is is far far better than ours? Of course, it is. It's light years ahead. But in essence, they haven't spent. They, they they've made money, whereas we've spent two million pounds net. Whereas they've actually made money, so. But that's why Ross Wilson's away, Chris. Well, this, is what, this is what I'm saying. Who would have fucking who would replaced him with? Uh, essentially, Michael Beal, and you're just like it goes from one fuck up to another because it's uh, you know. But again, my... again, Chris, I totally agree with you. But whose ultimate responsibility is it? It starts at the very, very top and filters down. Yeah. So at some point, this this is my point. The point I was trying to make, Chris. At some point, that but see, instead of throwing their their manager under a bus, start taking responsibility for things. They take no responsibility. They have sat there for years now doing this, Chris. They have. The manager's got to go. The director of football's got to go. The players, this. It's, you know, I'm fed up with it. You know you know how I feel. I'm actually kind of at that point where I just genuinely believe that that board, at that board level, Chris, they have no idea what's staring them in the face at this minute in time. And there's a meltdown coming if this season gets worse, there really is. Andrew, it's nice to hear that we've both calmed down a bit since the, the Celtic defeat. <laughs> yeah, no, um, everyone's nice and chilled out. I think typically you can be pissed off after an old firm, right? That that always is going to happen if we lose. But I, I think the problem is that we don't have any past records of Michael Beale achieving things. Nothing we can point to to say, ah, oh, but maybe he can turn it around based on this. It's more the hope rather than the expectation that something will change, which is why after the results, so many people called for him to go and why you haven't really seen that cooling down. Because much as I like to take the piss out of you, especially, Chris, um, you know, you you guys are on a million miles away from the general fan consensus here. I think there's probably a recognition that Michael Beale is going to be here to stay, at least for the next short term period. Um possibly up until the um, kind of December transfer window, depending on how results go. But we, um, we we have nothing to point to in terms of hard evidence that says this can be turned around, this can be addressed. And as Kenny says, ultimately the responsibility for that doesn't actually fall on Michael Beale. He, he didn't hire himself for the job, much as he might have wanted to. That was signed off by someone. And it's the same board who have said, ah, we don't need to get a new director of football. We can just trust the manager because... We, we have apparently abandoned the idea of having that continuity and having that structure that is maintained between managers and between different chunks of football. You have that director of football and you have that structure in place to ease that transition between managers so that when you have a managerial change, you don't have to throw out half the team along with it. You need to be able to smooth that transition and make sure that it doesn't require a full-on rebuild and a full-on you know, massive spend because... Unfortunately, if we continue not making the Champions League group stages and not winning the league to get automatic entry into there as well, we every penny is a prisoner for us. 
So we have to do a lot with the limited resources we have. And as Kenny says, there's a commonality here and it's the board who are overseeing this process. I recognize that there's been changeover in terms of some of those positions, but a lot of the people who are in place are people who were in place under the previous regime as well. You know, Bisgrove has been promoted up um, along with a number of others. So we're, we're looking for change. I think I am probably more optimistic than you guys. I think Michael Beale will probably do well in this next run of fixtures. You know, it's one away trip to St. Johnson, then a run of four home fixtures, which is the first time that's happened in a long old while. And in theory, a free shot at a League Cup, which would give him his first trophy. The fact that we can't all three of us sit here and say with any degree of confidence, not only that we'll pick up that League Cup, but even whether we'll pick up five wins out of the next five games is really damning in terms of how badly the confidence in this team and in this manager is has been shaken. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, it is what it is. We are where we are. Like we, we can only discuss the going ons at the moment. And that article, it didn't back Michael Beale and it didn't sack Michael Beale. It was kind of, it's not our fault. And to Kenny and Andrew's point, you hired them and you're flinging them into the lion's den. Um, Stephen Gerrard um, quote insert. There's not going to be lions there, is there? But uh, in, in all seriousness, they have totally flung him into the lion's den here because he's in the most untenable position that I can ever remember a Rangers manager being in. His margin for error is zero. He's in negative um, credit in the bank. He, he's got none now. He probably always is. Uh, in fact, he definitely does always. Um his his margin for error is well his the only way he's going to save his job because he, he's not going to he's, he's not bomb proof he's not going to get to January being second and out of the Europa League and no one in the league cup whatever the only way he can save his job and get the fans back inside is going to the next old firm minimum minimum four points behind let's assume that we win all our games and Celtic win all their games so minimum four points behind qualify for the last sixteen in the Europa and have the League Cup wrapped up. That's the only way he's going to save his job. I could, no Rangers manager in in my history of being a fan of 33 has ever had a turnaround like that, ever. Uh, it just simply hasn't happened, especially in the back of two successive league title defeats. Um, and then, obviously, prior to that, we, we had one, but then nine, we lost nine, and I get, obviously, 2012, blah, 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 but the, the 2012 just doesn't wash anymore. Um, so he's... He's absolutely a dead man walking. The Rangers fans have turned. We, I've never known the fans to turn so quickly and so decisively and be in absolute unison with each other. Of course, I, I made this point on Twitter, of course he still has backers, um, but those those who are backing Bill have literally no evidence, they have no body evidence, they're, they're just, it's, it's it's complete blind hope. And a few people actually tweeted me back and admitted that, like, you know, hands up. I'm backing Bill, but I'm I'm telling you it's based on nothing other than I hope, um, and yeah, it, it can it, it starts again in in Saturday against St Johnson, and St Johnson in many ways was the final nail in Van Bronckhorst's coffin. They beat us the last time we went there, two one, and Gio didn't last much longer. Um, so I just want to put on record absolutely like as much as I. I, I think Michael Beale should be relieved of his duties as much as I think that he just is not the man for the job, as much as I think he's way out of his depth, as much as I think that he's never on a Rangers manager in a million years, I still want Rangers to win. I do not want to make the sacrifice of Rangers dropping points either via a defeat or, or a draw in order to um, 
Lewis, Michael Beale's manager, we cannot we cannot afford to sacrifice any games in order to enforce managerial change. We have to win. It's as simple as that. So of course I'm going to back the team. Of course I want the team to win. Um, and anyone and I'm I'll, I'll, I'll put myself on record for saying this. Anyone who actively would love Rangers to drop points in the very near future in order for Michael Beale to leave the club. Um, you're just a complete and utter fucking idiot because we, we just cannot afford to drop one single more point. If it happens, if it happens, of course, that has to be the end of you, but we can't afford as a fan base to want it to happen. So let's just have clear heads here and, and look at the big picture. The team is the most important thing when it comes to Rangers, not the manager. Um, What's going to happen to Michael Beale is going to happen to Michael Beale. That's inevitable. That, that that saying that I hate, it's going to take care of itself. It will. If he's still here in January, it's because a miracle has been performed. If he's still here in January without any miracle, it's complete negligence from the board. And that that's your two scenarios. You're either going to have a modern-day football and Rangers miracle, or you're going to have absolute negligence from the board yet again. And I know what one I think is going to happen, uh, whereas... We'll see, but but Kenny, we're in a pretty. It's do or die now. It's in. It's, it's fucking September. It absolutely is, and I'll tell you something for nothing. I was talking to a uh, a client of mine who happens to know one of the St Johnston players very well, and I'll tell you right now, they fancy their chances on Saturday. They genuinely do. They and going by what he said, he says it'll be pretty, they'll play pretty much exactly the same way as they they played against Celtic and they felt they coasted to their draw against Celtic. So um, if that, if that were to happen, we 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 are at the point of no return already. And it, as you say, it's this it's September. Um, look, I, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. I'm not even a hundred. I said it the last time on this pod. I'm I'm not taking us. I'm, you give me a fiver or a tenner to bet on Rangers and I, I don't know what we're betting at the minute because I've seen them this season this is one poor looking Rangers side um, so when you say a miracle is required um, you're not you're not far wrong because Andrew asked me again on, on the last pod do I think it would take a couple of weeks to sort this out or what's to that effect and I said no he's not sorting this out in two weeks because the, the, the style of play is so slow, Chris, right? We don't break lines. We, the, the midfield um, is just so slow. It's incredibly slow. The front, you know, line doesn't move particularly well. The the back four is treating the, the football like a hot potato. The minute anybody triggers a press, uh, it's a recipe for disaster. And I just don't see how we can sort that out in the two weeks. Um, I, I'm actually a wee bit concerned for Saturday because if he doesn't get a reaction, I, I wouldn't want to be that team or him uh, at the end of the game. And, and as I say, I don't want to be overly negative here, but I, I, I am at that stage where uh, I, I haven't seen anything from this team so far this season that gives me any kind of uh, cause for optimism or huge hope Um so here's hoping that what Michael Beal has done is over the last 10 days, 12 days, uh, is is literally look at it, say, here's my 11, I'm going to play them, um, this is what you need to do, and, and actually sat and played that 11 in training for the last 10, 12 days and, and got them into some kind of shape because if he hasn't done that, then God help us all um, in terms of Saturday because 
St Johnston are a poor side, Chris. We know that they're bottom of the league. Uh, so if he doesn't come back with a performance and a healthy win, uh, it, it ain't going to look particularly good for him. Andrew, I I, I don't think um, either will dampen the uh, the, the, the mood. Uh, well, da- dampen the the absolute um, ill feeling towards Michael Beale from the vast majority of fans. Not personal, by the way. Um, although I will say I've seen some personal abuse of him, which is just bang on order. Like same thing happened to Giovanni Van Bronckhorst as well. The, the, why we feel the need to go to personal abuse when guys are clearly trying their best. Well, we're, we're not saying that they're not. They're just not good enough. Bill just isn't good enough. Doesn't mean we need to start personally abusing the guy, but certainly the, the feeling is we we the, the collective feeling is he's not good enough. We want him out. There needs to be a change because his attributes as a Rangers manager aren't up to standard. That that's that's the feeling. That's the the level-headed Rangers fan feeling. There is a very small element who go into the personal abuse, but I suppose my point is, Andrew, it doesn't matter what he does on Saturday. Win five now. Cool, that's expected. On to the next one. No, do the same to Betis. Win one now, fucking disgrace. Win win six now with thirty five shots and go, and it's been absolutely battered them with eighty percent possession. I we meant to do that. St. Johnson draw or defeat. Just like if you hang last weekend at Cel- uh, Ibrox against Celtic was bad. He ain't seen anything yet. So no matter what he does this weekend, he cannot win. Well, if he gets the perfect performance with a high scoring win. Nobody will go why the pressure's starting to come off him now. It'll be a case of uh, right, okay, right, so why did you not do that against Kilmarnock? And and this is this is the situation he's in and he needs to understand that and I don't think he does. I genuinely do not think he does. Now I've seen some Rangers fans uh on Twitter talking about his activity on Instagram and stuff. Now to be honest, I do agree that he's just been making a bit of an arse himself over the last week and a bit I don't know what the fuck he's done. Uh we've never had a manager that's been so open about his personal life on and, and, and social media, but that's his prerogative. He can do that if he wants. But in my mind, it kind of worries me because I, I just don't think he understands what he's facing here. This we're about to break into like, and I, I'm I'm really not being, um, you know, hyperbole here or, or, or anything like that. But this, it's not even a case of the knives are sharpened. The knives are getting sharpened. The knives are sharpened, and and they're they're out. It's. I've just never known, as I said at the start, Andrew, I've just never known a Rangers manager to be in such an untenable position. It's almost unfair in him. Like, the kindest thing to do, if he was an animal, no, I'm not even going to say if he was an animal, but the kindest thing to do is to relieve the guy uh, of, of his duties. I think we don't need to rehash what we said in, in the immediate post-Old Firm reaction because, to be honest, I don't think any of us have particularly shifted our views there. Um the the only positive that he has going into this is that it is St. Johnson um, and that it should, on paper, be an easy three points. Look, to be clear, personal abuse of either player or the manager is unacceptable as far as I'm concerned. You know, these guys are ultimately, they're there to do a job. We get emotional and we get caught up in it because ultimately we love this football club and we love this team and we want it to do well. But getting into personal abuse just isn't acceptable um, in, in any kind of environment. That being said, fucking abuse him. No, uh, that being said, um, all we have here is opportunities for Michael Beale to demonstrate why he thinks he should still be the Rangers manager. That only starts, Chris, by winning these games. I completely agree with you that, that beating St. Johnson is, is probably not going to change that, but it 
doesn't increase the pressure that's on him. Get a result against Betis, that's an improvement. Point is, Andrew, if we beat St Johnston one 0 that is actually oh, absolutely, yeah. It's going to that's going to increase the pressure on him, which is just it just shows you how untenable his position is. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We know we're looking for a, a performance as well as as well as the, the win. You know, if we can see signs that okay, he's taken this team away, he's spent the two weeks and he's worked on things, and we can start to see some shoots of improvement, or we can see some semblance of a plan, we can see a style of football being implemented. If we see any of that, then that is something positive that you can cling on to. What the odds are of that, I don't know, quite frankly. But we have to be seeing something because ultimately Michael Beale's now in a, a point of his Rangers career where he has to be justifying his position there. I think we've talked in the past about Rangers managers either getting credit or earning credit and then potentially eating into that goodwill when it comes towards the end of their time. Michael Beale doesn't have any goodwill in the bank at this point. Um, that's gone. So all he can do is start building that back up. And that starts by winning, winning well, and also starting to acquire trophies. This League Cup, as soon as Celtic went out of it, I think pretty much every Rangers fan earmarked that and said, right, that's an opportunity to get a trophy. We haven't won the League Cup in far too long, and it's overdue back in our trophy cabinet. This is as close to a free hit, I think, as you can get a trophy in Scotland because our main rivals aren't in it. And to be frank, the rest of the league has not looked in great shakes either, including Celtic, I might add. Um, They have not been particularly fantastic. It's just that, yet again, we've decided to shoot ourselves in both feet going into a title challenge. All we need to do is try and get the results, try and start seeing that pattern of play developing. I don't know how likely that is, but that's ultimately what Michael Beale's got to do to try and arrest this and turn this around. Absolutely. Um, As we mentioned, uh, the uh, European squad, the Europa League squad was confirmed. And Ridvan Yilmaz, John McLaughlin, Kieran Dowell and Leon Balian uh, drop out. Um, Kemal Roof is, is back in. Uh, obviously, the, all the players who played against... So, so, so is Tom Lawrence as well, Chris. Can't overlook him. Tom Lawrence is also in. Um, and obviously, all the players who played against PSV and was in the squad against PSV, they remain as well. So, like, some Tondo, etc. Um, are still in. Um, Kenny, there is... Two summer signings not made the European squad, Leon Balogun and Kieran Dowell. There's a £5 million left back um, not made the European squad. And we've got a goalkeeper who it looks like we didn't even try to punt, now being confirmed as the number three, but he's probably on more money than the number two. Um, an absolute fucking mess. We, once again, didn't fill our Scottish uh, homegrown quota. Uh, we don't have enough players to do that. Obviously, the likes of Suter, um, Ryan Jack, Robbie McCrory, uh, probably missing a few here. Scott Wright, so they, they, they're the ones that will, that will fill that. Because um, back to the argument, we've seen a plethora of talent leave uh, the Scottish League and go on to better leagues. I'm talking, you know, Serie A, uh, English Championship, English Premier League. We've then seen them make an impact on the, the Scottish uh, 
the the Scottish national team. We've seen how much they've overachieved over the last year and a half to two years. We made no attempt to sign any of these players, um, and well, having to drop out two summer signings and a five million pound player because we can't afford the homegrown quota. So to be clear, if the more homegrown players that you have, the more foreign players you can add to the team. That's obviously why Yomans hasn't made it. It's obviously why Dowell and uh, Balligan have made it. They're not they're not classed as um, homegrown. So. It comes back to Ross Wilson, of course it does. But I mean, this summer alone, we we had opportunities to sign guys uh, from this league that that would have done a better job than the guys that are currently here. I've said it many times. People disagree with me and they think I'm sh- like just coming up with utter shite. You try to tell me Lauren Shanklin when they be doing a job with us right now when we've got Lammers and Dessels. Uh, of course, Lauren Shanklin would be doing a better job than what they currently are for half the price, for half the wages. Um, I've said it before. Don't like him despise him, think he's a, a thug, but you try to tell me Ryan Portis couldn't have done a job for us when he was available for £400,000. Okay, right, Hibs mate, I wanted a million, fair, fair enough. Sign him up for a pre-contract like we've done with Suter, didn't even try. Lewis Ferguson, we watched him leave these shows for £2 million quid. People will say, I Aberdeen would have wanted 3 or £4 million. Pay it, pay it then, because he was clearly good enough. Um, and now... Lewis Ferguson will never beat Rangers until he retires because he's going to go for 15, 20 million to either a bigger Serie A team or the Premier League. Um, you have Josh Doig. Josh Doig would have been a much better option than Red Van Yelmans and he would have been cheaper than 5 million. We watched him go to Serie A. Kevin Nisbet. Um, there's probably some more that I'm missing out in here. Aaron Hickey. It's, it's just... The, Kenny, I, I don't know. I, don't, I do not know what our squad building management is all about. Ross Wilson clearly was a massive problem, but he left in the summer and we've added to the problem tenfold. And I, it's this is this has not been spoken about as much for me than than it should have because it actually deserves a lot of, a lot of uh, focus. It's a shambles. It, it is yes. Uh, we actually discussed this uh, a couple of months back on this pod um, where it it was mentioned about the homegrown rule. And I can actually recall vaguely what I said, and it was something like, it's not as big an issue as people are making it out to be. As With an aperitif that I said, that as long as we bring a couple of Scottish players in at the end of the window, and it's it could quite literally be a couple of players at a couple of hundred thousand pounds each that have played 100 games in the Premier League. You know, 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds that have got a couple of years' experience and they could be in a European squad, be in the periphery of our first-team squad all the time. Uh, getting rid of Lewis Mayo looks like a really clever idea at the minute, doesn't it? When we've got three centre-halves uh, for six games, two of them that are injury-prone and Connor Goldson, who had a really bad injury last season. So if he breaks down, he tends to be out for a while. Um, we are effectively one James Tavernier injury away from a disaster in that back line. And I don't think people realise it yet. Uh, we've picked four midfielders. Granted, Tom Lawrence and Todd Cantwell can drop in there from the attackers, the, the nine attackers that we've, we've put in that squad. Um, a, a, a more lopsided, disjointed heap of shite I don't know if I've ever seen. Uh, in terms of the squad uh, for for Europe, I, I can't actually. When I seen it, and I, I stuck it on the group chat, I, I, when I seen it, I, I couldn't quite get my head around it. You know, six defenders, 
four midfielders, three goalies and nine attacking players. And I was like, okay, I know, as I say, different players can play different positions, but we should, we really have to look at ourselves. Uh, and our manage, uh, to be fair, this is where I'll let, I'll let this board off on a free pass in this one. Our manager knows this and has known this uh, since June that we are going to be short in this European uh, squad scenario for for uh, for for group stages, and he's done bugger all about it. He has went out of his way to do bugger all about it, um, and I find that I don't know. I just find it mystifying, Chris. I, I just yeah. And as you say, when you go into the players that have passed us by. Uh, the only one I'll give, uh, uh, you know, Ross Wilson and, and Rangers a free pass with is Aaron Hickey because at that particular time when Hickey left, we had Nathan Patterson. So, and that was way before he was sold to, to Everton. So, um, I'll give them a a, a a slight pass on that one. But the rest of them, I, to- I kind of totally agree with you. Uh, I'm not a great fan of Shanklin, but I agree with you. Nisbet, I think, is a better player. Um don't know if we'd have came with Rangers anyway. Lewis Ferguson certainly would have. Um, Josh Doig would have. Um, Josh Doig, I think, went for about two and a half, three million quid. I think it was something like that, three and a half million maybe. Uh, he's a fantastic left back um, and far, far better than this boy, uh, Redvan Yilmaz, uh, who I, I've told you before, I just see nothing in him uh, apart from an injury prone, lightweight, wee guy that doesn't seem suited to the Scottish game. And I'm sure he's a player. I'm sure he's a decent player. But I just don't see it. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Chris. I just think it's a bit of a shit show. Uh, and it, again, I'll, I'll reiterate that. We are one... Think, Look at that back line. We are one James Tavernier injury away from being an absolute mess in that group stage. I think the other player that I missed out there was uh, Max Johnson, <clears throat> who was out of contract with Motherwell when he went to Stromgrass. Um, I mean that that was an absolute no-brainer. That that was like the most obvious signing we should have made this summer. Um, young up-and-coming right back who made a fantastic impression in the Motherwell first team at 19 years of age. European teams coveting him, and uh, we just were like, "Oh, see you later, mate. Okay, bye. We'll sign to John Sterling um, because he came through a better academy than you." Um, it was just just ridiculous squad management. Um, Andrew, I'll put it to you. This uh, sorry, I'll put this to you. We are going into this European campaign with the exact same defence as we did last season's European campaign, and that defence set a new. Uh, Champions League record of goals conceded. Um, yes, we've got Jack Butland, of course we do. Um, that That is a, an upgrade there, but in terms of actual defenders, it's the exact same defence. Now, Andrew, let me put this to you. If I said that to you in June, that we would begin in September and announcing our Europa League squad with the exact same defenders, Borna Barisic, Ben Davies, Conor Golson, James Tavernier and John Suter and Leon King, you uh, absolutely would have got me sectioned. News is that Suter and Golton, as it stands, are fit now, as opposed to last season when our centre-back best options were, uh, Christ, James Sands and John Lundstrom. We don't have that as our backline anymore. So we do have an improvement on that front. It's a small crime of comfort, but it does mean that our defence, on paper at least, is stronger. As Kenny says, though, the depth there is massively concerning because there is no depth. 
you know, we look at the uh, the squad list that was submitted. It's massively overbalanced in terms of forwards and then midfielders. We don't have a strong bench of defenders there. And, and that is massively concerning. I think, you know, it's been intimated in the past few weeks that a signing that Michael Beale really wanted to get was a centre-back. I don't believe that Leon Balogun was the only centre-back signing that he wanted to make. Sterling certainly doesn't fit in as a um, as the centre-back there either, uh, barring, you know, playing three at the back. So we're, we're clearly missing a first-team centre-back option coming in there. And the fact that that wasn't addressed, again, comes back to that failure of recruitment, failure to appoint a director of football and have someone overseeing this process. But the, the fact that we do actually have some fit players... Um, in contrast to last season, when it seemed like we couldn't go a week without another player picking up what looked like initially just a quick seven to ten days, which then turned into seven to ten months uh, injury. That's a positive as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Golton and Suter so far have impressed in terms of how they've defended. Yes, there's been some mistakes, but then there's been mistakes in every aspect of this team so far. So I won't single them out. Um the fact that we do have those two going into these games, that does fill me with a bit of confidence. And and you mentioned Jack Butland as well, Chris. I don't think you can understate that either. Having a confident goalkeeper in there will make a massive difference to a defence. But as I said earlier, the, the main issue is the lack of balance there. That European squads that we submitted is massively out of balance because it is so heavily focused on attackers and midfielders. And that would be fine if we had a lot of confidence in those attackers and those midfielders. But so far, our best summer signing has been Jack Butland. So it's not the kind of thing, not that it's not that anything's inspiring this at the moment, but it's not like it's inspiring a massive wave of optimism in anyone. All I can say, Andrew, is uh, you're very lucky that I'm still feeling under the weather and you're very lucky that I'm avoiding confrontation because... Suter and Goldson have impressed. Uh, I, I just, uh, I don't agree with that. But... I don't know, Chris, do you think that they are going to be a better option than a centre-back pairing of James Sands and John Lundstrom? Oh, I, well, I, Probably? Maybe? I understand that, Andrew, but you, you, you said that Conor Goldson wasn't available. Conor Goldson was available for the first four games. Uh, he's played two-thirds of the games uh, and we were a shit show in the Champions League last year. Um, we were a shit show in PSV, over in Eindhoven against PSV. I mean, I'll ask you, this is, the, this is the problem I have about this European squad at this minute in time. I'll ask you a simple question. Who's the better side, PSV or Napoli? And I'd say Napoli every day of the week. We, were, we defended better against Napoli last year than we did against this mob a, a fortnight ago. That defence is a shambles, Andrew. I was actually going to say, Honestly. this may actually cheer you up, Andrew, but um, that uh, performance in Eindhoven last year by James Sands was probably his best performance in a Rangers jersey. And uh, obviously he was playing centre-half with Goldson. And then you look at what happened this season with Goldson and Suter, uh, just, just uh, I have zero, zero confidence in Conor Goldson and John Suter. And I'm a big fan of John Suter, but... 
John Suter's been accommodated into this squad to play on the left-hand side when he's clearly more comfortable on the right-hand side. And clearly Michael Beale is never going to play John Suter on the right-hand side when Conor Goldson's in the squad. So what's going to happen here is um, as soon as Ben Davis is fit, it's going to be um, it's going to be Goldson and Davis and, and Suter's going to get bombed out. And um, that will be fun. Yep. Well, uh, sorry, my bad for that's trying high. to be optimistic or anything like that. I understand that's not the goal here. So, yep, no, I'll hold bands up there. Sorry. <laughs> but no, it's... We, we do pre-discuss all the agenda points that we want to raise and make sure we've got all our, our kind of attack positions lined up before we go on here. There's a lot of preparation <laughs> that goes into this, obviously. <laughs> no, Andrew, uh, that's that's all I'm saying. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I look at that. I look at that squad that defence uh, that he's put there together and it terrifies me for, for European games it really does no no Kenny I, I I totally take your point I mean just taking James Sands out of the equation is frankly a good thing to be honest um, patriotic of you Andrew but well you know we're, we're Americans so we've got a tendency towards civil wars anyway Chris <laughs> but that that's the entire point Andrew that because there's only six you you know full well in at least one of these games, John Lundstrom's playing at the back. Oh, Christ. Think about it. it, it, it you know, if we get any kind of injury, that's we're where we're here. at. We're only trying to preview St. Johnson. Let's <laughs> save up the misery for later on, all right? There's going to be plenty of it to spread around. Oh, See, this is why the international break was just over too soon for me. I just was not ready for this tonight. Fucking talking about John Lundstrom at the back. Oh, fucking hell, man. Um, yeah, so, look, let's just wrap it up there because this, this, could, could, this could descend into chaos. Um, it's, ah, it's, it's not all good at the moment. Um, and it's going to be like this for a couple of weeks, a couple of months. It, the ball's in Michael Beale's court. Just one football matches and the court of opinion will start to change, I, I have no doubt. Uh, you know, it's, it's a very simple... Uh, gig being the Rangers manager, you win matches and the fans will, on the whole, be fairly happy. Um, and you win trophies and we will be satisfied. Uh, you continue to do that and we will probably say you're doing a good job. Um, you fall short in any rows. Um, very decent expectations. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say they're unrealistic expectations. You fall short in them and then you're going to have guys like us being as depressed as us when it comes to talking about Rangers because it, it's it's uh, always not rosy in the garden but it's it's an easy fix Kenny isn't it just win games win football games win football games against teams who are quite clearly regardless of the state Rangers are in at the moment are quite clearly inferior to us it's not a big ask we're only asking you to no, go that, and beat the, the likes of St Johnson etc that is exactly the point Chris that at this point, and I'll apologise, I'm going to apologise to every listener for being such a pain in the tits tonight, but uh, look, get the three points up in Perth against St Johnston, get down the road, prepare for Real Betis, take something off of them, and honestly, come come Friday morning, we'll all be feeling a whole lot better. We yeah. will. It is that simple, but we can't just sit there and and gloss over right. what has been right. an incredibly poor start to the season uh, and the concerns that we have. You have to be honest. I'm not going to sit here and, and say, you know, be some kind of sycophant and, 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 and tell you that I'm happy about the way things are, because I'm not. I, I think... I think... 
I, th- I think what you're, you're getting at there is, uh, without, without actually saying it, is that there, there is a lot of fans, uh, not just, this isn't just exclusive to Rangers, this is, this is a new uh, epidemic amongst football uh, fans on social media. There's a lot of fans that will tell you that they're seeing something that the majority aren't because they're so much more clever than you. It's just bullshit, it's just bullshit. Basically what those fans are saying is they have a different outlook than you. They, they have a more positive, optimistic outlook. They're seeing nothing and there's nothing worse than listening to people or seeing something that someone is saying when they're telling you, oh, I can see something here that you can't, you're just not clever enough to see it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, there's, there's loads of that, isn't there? It's bullshit. The, it's just utter the, bullshit. The simple fact is uh, I, that I, can, I can't go that kind of, kind of nonsense. I just... Uh, the, 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 the eye test is, is all you need with stuff like this. No. Uh, go and sit and watch a game of football and see it, and you can see what's right and what's wrong. Uh, and if you've played football, you'll maybe get a little better insight. Um, That's my next point. There are these people who are saying that are, nine times out of ten have never kicked a ball in their life. And it's, well, I played till I was in my forties. I, uh, I I know football, um, uh, and I'm telling you that there is fundamentals wrong in, in that Rangers team at this minute in time. Uh, real basics that aren't been done properly. So. Uh, Nobody here wants Michael Beale to get sacked. Nobody wants Rangers to be losing games. It, you know, we want Michael Beale to be the greatest manager the Rangers have ever seen. If he does that, we're all delighted. That's the that's where you know guys that are being like that have to understand. We're not saying it for the sake of saying it. We're not saying it to try and be clever. We're saying it. We're saying it as we see it. Mm. And you know that. There's concerns all over the pitch with that Rangers team at the minute. Now that's to, to kind of for me to kind of tick off here. Um, I just want to see that that the last two weeks have been used really constructively. There's no games. There was only five players away in international duty. I hope that what he's done, he's got them together, explained. I, I actually like the fact that he took them out to the museum. You could see the likes of the young boy Danilo looking at it and giving it. You know, you could just tell, uh, and this is no harm to the kid. He's he's 24. He's from Brazil, you know, Sao Paulo, I think it is. And he he barely have ever heard of Rangers when he was growing up. So he's turning up and giving it great. I, I had no idea this this club was like this. You know, I didn't know about this history. This how massive this football club is. Um, and I just hope that we things like that. That Michael Beale was done is to you know taking them there, taking them round the stadium and stuff like that, and saying, look, have a look, get try and get an understanding of your environment, because there is no doubt in my mind that last Sunday would have rocked a few of those young new players to the core actually, because it was so toxic and so venomous. They'd have been like, geez, what's going on in here? Uh, so listen, get the three points on Saturday and get down the road. That's that's the best way I can put it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Andrew, do you want to come in and obviously discuss our sponsor, Pi Sports? Uh, yeah, what perfect way to uh, try and encourage people to be happy and uh, buy some pies after listening to fifty-five minutes of uh, moaning. That's going to be great. <laughs> oh. um, well. Well, one thing that this probably does give people the opportunity to do is submit a pie of the week. So who you think over you the think past over week the past or two, whoever you think over the past week or two has been the biggest pie, 
please let us know. You can either comment on our Twitter thread, you can email us at contact at Saturday at three.co.uk. Um, let us know who's uh, who's been the biggest idiot this week, and you'll go into a draw for winning a free slab of pies from, as Chris says, our sponsors, Pie Sports. Uh, we also have an offer code for Pie Sports that's sat at three. Uh, that gets you 10% off the uh, the purchase of any pies that you do. I uh, can highly recommend them. We talked, you know, probably the only bright spark that we had uh, the past week was uh, having the uh, macaroni and cheese scotch pies, uh, me and the missus. It was uh, absolutely fantastic. So highly recommend that folk get onto that, get involved, let us know your pies and uh, buy some pies as well and let Pie Sports know that you were sent by us. Absolutely, and uh, just to obviously uh, re-emphasise it, that's uh, sat at three, not sat at ten, um, as I obviously said last week. Uh, easy easy mistake to make there, Chris, yeah. So sat at three gets you 10% off. Uh, that's clearly the mistake that I made, um, and it's clearly why I handed over the sponsorship duties to Andrew, because he's far more responsible than me, and he wouldn't upset the company who's actually sponsoring the podcast. Um, so as Andrew kind of alluded to there, we're on social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. You can get us in everywhere you get your podcast, like Amazon Music, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We're just about everywhere there is uh, when it comes to social media. I think the only place that we're not is Fred's, but I'm sure Eddie's probably got some idea in the background. Oh, no. we, we've got that set up as well, Chris. Do we uh, really? Do we, we really? Do, yeah. Oh, if, you've got, um, if you've got Instagram, uh, then you can uh, quite easily set up a Threads account, and I believe Eddie has done just that. So, uh, yeah, you can follow us over there as well. Chris, you're such a part-timer these days, man. Where yeah. have you been? Nobody tells me it. No, I just turn up, talk, and nobody tells me it. The, so basically, what I'm saying there is they've told me, and I've just no picked up on it, or I've just not been listening. Um, one of the two. Um, we will be back next week, obviously discussing the St. Johnson game. So hopefully, we're discussing three points. We'll be looking ahead to the Real Betis game, which will be at Ibrox on Thursday, and we'll also be looking ahead at the Motherwell game, which is also at Ibrox on Sunday, and discussing the, the Real Betis result, which obviously some reaction from that. So, busy week ahead. It's Saturday at 3. We're back to two games a week. Um, and, uh, yeah, all, all, all uh, guns blazing until the next international break, which I believe isn't too far in the corner. I think it's October. Um, so, I we, we, we'll have a wee break for Rangers again. I think we all need it. Um, I think we all need a week or though. Um, and let's just hope get into the next international break. We're getting on a run of results, uh, more positive results, because uh, getting into an international break on the back of two successive defeats, one being a 5-1 hammer and the other one being a, a defeat to your closest rival, it really, really does play with your mind, as you all probably know who's listening to this. So, um, look, uh, it's back. Let's just get off to a positive start. Let's get the three points back down the road and then just take it for there and try and build some momentum. Um, Kenny, thank you very much, mate. Thanks, Chris. Cheers, Andrew, as well. And uh, Andrew, thank you very, very much. No, of course, mate. And uh, I want to thank our listeners as well, because their last podcast, for one reason or another, was the second most downloaded pod that we've ever released. Um, so a massive thank you to everyone who listened, shared uh, and subscribed off the back of that. Uh, it's much appreciated. It's such a conflict of interest. When Rangers get beat, we start to grow. So it's That's like exactly what I was going to say, Chris. People love negativity. So we just ran with it again this week. Oh, well, I, I don't think we're. I think we're. I think we're quite authentic here because uh, well, we're uh, we're calling it as we see it. I think I feel anyway. Um, but it was a joke, Chris. A bad one. Uh, oh well. <laughs> 
No time for joking. Rangers are shite now. We can't joke with Rangers are shite any for fuck's sake. Chris, if we can't joke around now, then when the fuck can we? We all need a bit of laughter in our lives right now. Well, I'm too serious for that stuff. It's do or die for me when it comes to Rangers. So, standards are fucking slapping. It's guys like you that put us in this position. Do you know what? You just disgust me. Um, I, well, I don't even go to the games, Chris. I'm already boycotting it because I'm, I'm sick. <laughs> sick of this board, you know? <laughs> oh, um, no, Andrew's right. Thank you to 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 everyone who listens um, every week, um, and obviously social media. Please like, subscribe, or follow us in any of those platforms as well, because all your help and support goes a very very long way. So join us next week where we will be discussing St Johnson, Betis, and Mullerwell. So we'll talk to you then. <laughs>